This is the Mark Milton Show with a Smash with former Department of Justice Tax Division trial attorney Mark Milton and the Smash on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. All right, welcome to the Mark Milton Show with the Smash broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios here in Kirkwood, Missouri. I want to give a shout out to Miller Furniture. They are currently having a half price sale uh, that actually started this week and runs through July 7th. Uh, their half price sale, uh, everything in their, um, in their store is half off the list price. So anything in stock and select custom orders are as well. So they've got solid wood, American made furniture options at any store, uh, more than any store in the St. Louis area. Um, so go check them out millerfurniture.com. It's M U E L L E R furniture.com. You can stop by their Belleville or Lake St. Louis location. Um, we are very fortunate today. To have as our first guest smash, Senator Bill Eigel out of Weldon Springs, Missouri, represents right a large chunk of St. Charles County. Senator Eigel, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, great. Thank you so much. Um, one of the things we want to, you know, I am a tax lawyer. It's an area of interest of mine. And one of the things uh, I personally have been an outspoken advocate uh, against is the personal property tax uh, that applies to both individuals and businesses. And Senator Eigel, uh, for the last two years, has sponsored legislation to repeal the personal property tax in really? Missouri. So I nice. thought it would be interesting to have him on to to hear his perspective, uh, to kind of hear about what the bill would do, at least what the proposed legislation would do. So, Senator Eigel, tell us about uh, your proposal and, and, and what it would accomplish. Yeah, you bet, actually. So I'm I've actually been in office now going on four years, and my theme has been to look for every way possible to – uh, cut the tax burden on Missouri taxpayers, and probably the item that gets the most attention and is the most popular of the initiatives I propose is the one that would move Missouri away from uh, ha- uh, levying the personal property tax on your cars, your campers. Uh, it's that unpleasant bill we all get on December 1st uh, that we got to write a check to the state of Missouri just to keep our cars and, and vehicles on the roads. Uh, a little bit of background about personal property tax in Missouri. Most people don't realize that Missouri is actually in a minority of states that uh, even have a per- personal property tax. In fact, only 21 out of the 50 states have a personal property tax. And from amongst those 21 states, we have the third highest rate of personal property tax in the entire country. So it's it's a, it's a burdensome tax. It places a huge uh, burden on our m- working and middle class households, and it's something I think that we ought to be able to get away from. So I've introduced legislation, as you as you mentioned, Mark, for the past couple of years that would move us away from uh, eliminate or it would eliminate personal property tax, and it would instill in our constitution a prohibition against such. So we've made a little bit of progress over the past couple of years. Last year we were able to get it out of the Senate committee, and this year we actually got it to the Senate floor. So my hope is. We're going to continue finding the right answer as we move forward and uh, move away from that institution. Sure. And and Senator Eigel uh, is a business owner himself. I mean, he's a small business owner, and that's one of the things I don't think people realize with personal property taxes, that it hits not only individuals but also uh, business owners. Can you talk about what your legislation would do to impact the personal property tax as it relates to businesses? Same same thing. So it would same it would move it would move us away from personal property tax both for personally owned uh, personal property and business owned personal property. So you're right. A couple of things. When I was uh, a small business owner, 
Uh, I had a forklift as an example. We had to pay personal property tax on that. Uh, equipment that you have to pay personal property tax on. All of that would now no longer be taxed, and we would eliminate that burden for businesses. So it's something, uh, because the, the rate of taxation is so high, it actually is a very regressive tax. So as a percentage of your income, the less you make, the greater percentage of, of your income that you have to pay towards personal property tax. So this is something that actually targets are working in middle class households, uh, so that's it's absolutely something we need to get get away from. And all we have to do is follow a majority of the states that have already done it. Yeah, and I think in terms of the regressive nature, that also applies to small businesses because I've seen. I mean, a lot of small businesses don't even realize this is a requirement that they have to submit a separate personal property tax declaration for their business and pay taxes on things like desks, furniture, computers. I mean, it's really crazy when you think about as a small business, what could possibly have, you know, ha you, that you might have to pay tax on. Wow. And I mean, do you guys, have you looked at even like the compliance rate? Cause I suspect that for most small businesses, they have no idea they even have this obligation. And if they were to fully comply with it, it would cost them. I mean, the burden on them to hire an accountant to prepare this, you know, declaration in the tax return itself would impose a great burden. Well, absolutely. And, and like many of these uh, complicated tax codes that we have throughout the country, a lot of folks don't understand just how far the tax code will actually go if fully implemented to the letter of the law. So, as I said, most states have gotten away from this personal property tax. And I think that certainly we can, too. So we looked at, actually, what, what, was, the, uh, what was the cost to it. And right now it makes up about 15% of our local revenues. And I think that if we were able to phase that, the personal property tax out over a plan that slowly reduces it down to zero over maybe five years, the natural inflationary increases that we're seeing uh, for revenues elsewhere would actually prevent us from, from seeing any drops in revenue at the local level. So we get the best of both worlds. We, see, we don't see any dramatic drops in overall revenues for local communities, but at the same time, we've gotten rid of a very burdensome tax. So you're absolutely right. And one of the things that comes to mind uh, when you talk about compliance is the idea that um, I think most everyone knows uh, a neighbor or a friend or an acquaintance that uh, licenses their vehicles in other states to avoid paying the personal property tax. So there's a case to be made that we're leaving a lot of revenue on the table as folks tr try to naturally avoid uh, paying this burdensome tax. So it really is uh, the best of all worlds to get away from it. Now, and, and you touched on this a little bit. So critics would say, well, you know, if you look at your personal property tax bill, at least in St. Louis County, it breaks down sort of where all of your money goes, where all that, you know, and a lot of it's funding local schools, local, you know, I think fire districts and things you can't even really understand. I mean, there's literally like a dozen things that are listed out there. So, you know, critics would say, well, you're going to, you know, impose a burden on these local municipalities. They're not going to have revenue. What do you, what do you say to that argument with respect to repealing the personal property tax? Sure. Well, I'd, I'd say two things. One, I've, I've been a Republican for most of my life. And one of the major planks of the Republican party is that we like to cut taxes. And why well, believe that when we cut taxes, that in and of itself leads to growth for the past couple of years, We've been cutting income taxes at the state level. We cut income taxes two years ago. We cut our income tax rate from 5.9% down to 5.4%. And even though we cut the rate, our revenues the very next year and the year after came in at new record levels because cutting taxes leads to growth. And the more you cut taxes, the more you unleash the innovation of the free market that actually built the country in the first place. So I've never met a tax that I didn't think could actually be cut because when you cut 
those taxes, it also requires government to be more efficient. So uh, there's a lot of reasons why you want to cut these taxes, especially something like this. So the other thing that I would say is, of course, that uh, in the way that the personal property tax works versus the regular property tax, which is the property tax you pay on your house, if we phase it out over a period of time, over a horizon of maybe five years, uh, the Constitution allows for natural inflationary increases in your regular property tax bill, which right now local areas are just using to add to their budgets. Well, instead, I'd like to see those inflationary increases go to consume and slowly phase out the personal property tax. So uh, I don't think you're going to see any gaps or, or problems at the local level, but we can put Missouri on a far more competitive advantage economically. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with the competitive angle because I think eliminating something like this, even if, you know, I'm, I'm a staunch Republican as well, I'm not a favor of taxes, but I would rather see a nominal increase in my real estate property tax bill than to have to deal with submitting the declaration every year and paying the personal property tax every year, having to go to the DMV and show them proof that I've paid my personal property tax before I can renew my life. I mean, it's just, it's a very uh, complicated thing to have to do for such a small amount of money. It seems like we could make up that revenue elsewhere and eliminate the burden imposed on not only individuals, but also businesses. No question. No question. I, this is actually the first state. I, 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 before I got into politics, I was a, a military veteran. I served in the Air Force for eight years. And I had three different assignments before I eventually moved to the state of Missouri. And Missouri was the first state I lived in that actually had a personal property tax. So a lot of states are, have already set up their governments and services to not include something that's as burdensome as personal property tax. It really is up to Missouri to imitate the policies that have been successful elsewhere. Let me ask you, Senator, smash with you here. And uh, my main thing is I'm, I'm listening to you talk, listening to Mark talk over here. How many people in Missouri are not paying this tax? What percentage of, of folks out of the 100% are we losing uh, that uh, tax money on? Uh, you're talking about folks that are licensing their vehicles in other states to get around the tax? It, whether they're, they're doing that or not even paying it at all. Or maybe their business isn't even exactly paying right. it. Exactly right. Yeah. Well, so what I what I can tell you is the average number of vehicles that are owned per household is 2.1 to 2.2 vehicles per household. So mm-hmm. most every person in Missouri, which has an address in Missouri, should be paying this tax. And of course, a lot of them aren't because they have an address in another state that they're using to yeah. license vehicles to get around that, or they're just not reporting it via their business. So there's no way, unfortunately, that we'll, we'll be able to actually understand what those numbers look like really? until we eliminate the tax. Yeah. And those folks want to naturally come back and start registering their cars here. Uh, it could be a, a really big number. Uh, we've got 4 million licensed drivers alone in the state of Missouri. So there's a lot of vehicles out there yeah. uh, that may not be licensed that we could capture uh, here in the, in the state of Missouri. But that's never going to be a reality as long as we have such a, a burdensome and broken system as personal property tax. Uh-huh. So, so where do, uh, obviously the session has ended um, for this year. I mean, what, what do you see the future of this legislation? I mean, do you see it getting passed maybe next year? Any chance for a special session? I and mean, what, where, where do you see this headed? What uh, needs probably, to happen, I guess? Probably not a special session. I, I think one of the reasons that it got as far as it did this year was not only the work that I was doing down in Jefferson City, but the reality that this is an incredibly popular uh, agenda item for the people of Missouri. In fact, when we first came out with our, we unveiled our our proposed legislation to do this, we got responses and phone calls from around the state, not just my Senate district, but Senate districts all across Missouri that 
folks were standing up and saying, we can do, we can find a better way to do business and move away from personal property tax. So we were able to get it to a floor discussion this year. I think that I'm optimistic we can get it out of the Senate uh, next year and through the House. Uh, if in its current format, it would actually have to be voted on by the people, although we're looking at uh, some statutory changes that would have ultimately the same effect of moving us away from it. Interesting. Okay. Well, uh, not to, you, you got anything else, Mash, on the yeah, personal I, property I tax? I uh, was thinking to myself, uh, Senator, let's say I'm driving a Bentley, but I'd rather have them think I'm driving an Escape. Is there uh, anything that I can do to possibly camouflage the actual <laughs> wheels that I'm riding on? Well, the <laughs> I'm probably not an expert in how to not legal. I would say not legally, <laughs> Smash. There's probably no, no way to legally to save some money. <laughs> but but each year you're required to let your county know uh, what vehicles you have. You yes. know, different counties have different mechanisms to ensure accountability. Uh, and certainly it starts when you purchase the vehicle, uh, that data is reported to the state when you pay your initial sales tax on that purchase. So um, it, uh, it, there's, there's ways around it, certainly. And the biggest one, of course, is if you have uh, any kind of property out, outside of the state where you right. can license your vehicle in other states. But either way, it's a system that has holes in it, and it's a system that is not actually – it's not reflective of, of the actual vehicles that are going onto our roads each year because, well, we've got people registering in other states. So I think it's something we, we certainly need to address. So you know what states they, they are, Senator. Uh, should I move to Illinois, or what uh, would be a good state for me to be living in? <laughs> You know, it, it breaks my heart that Illinois actually does something better than Missouri does when it comes to personal property tax. I, I can't say that very often, but yeah. they don't have personal property tax. Now, to be fair, they, they've made up for the lack of personal property tax by overwhelming their citizens with a variety of other taxes, uh, property taxes, income taxes, sales taxes, and, and other facets of their society. Uh, but they don't have a personal property tax. So if Illinois can get by without having a personal property yeah. tax, Missouri can absolutely get by. Well, I, I applaud your efforts on the personal property tax. Bravo. And, and while we have you here, I thought we could talk about sort of how the state is doing from a fiscal standpoint with, you know, COVID. I've talked about on the show before how, you know, we have a situation here where not only is the government sort of spending unprecedented amounts of money to keep people afloat in terms of unemployment and some of the stimulus, but we're also losing revenue when you think about employees not working, employers not having to pay employer, you know, employment taxes, sales taxes. You know, you think about, I heard on the news uh, that the city of St. Louis generates $200,000 in sales tax revenue for every Cardinal game, every game, every home game generates. Two. So really? how is the state doing from a budgetary standpoint in terms of revenue? Sure. Well, <laughs> the first thing I always say, whenever we have any discussion about the state budget, the first thing that needs to be understood is that the state has been bringing in and spending record amounts of money every single year for the past decade leading into 2020. So we've expanded our rate of expenditures and revenue by an average of 4 to 5% every single year. Ahead of inflation, we've been expanding government. And, and to be fair, I, I think that we, we haven't done a good job as we've expanded that government finding the areas of waste uh, within that $35 billion state budget that would help put us, make us better prepared for, you know, uh, seasons like we have right now. I'll give you an example. In our state government right now, we have 55,000 funded positions. However, of those 55,000 funded positions, as of 30 days ago, 3,500 of them 
were not filled. There was nobody in the position. The position was vacant. And currently, there's a hiring freeze given the current COVID environment. And yet, we still funded every one of those 3,500 empty positions. I offered amendments and tried to get changes to the budget that would at least strip out the positions we literally are not even using, and we couldn't even get that passed through the legislature. So i got to be honest, I feel like the legislature has a lot of work to do in terms of making our budget far more efficient. Our biggest government program, which is the Medicaid program in Missouri, was found by a third-party McKinsey Institute audit to have more than a billion dollars of waste in that program every single year. One of the items that they found as part of that waste was Missouri is the only state in the union one out of 50, that actually double compensates hospitals in the state of Missouri when those hospitals treat out-of-state patients here in Missouri. So, for example, when a Kansas Medicaid patient comes to Missouri for service, not only does that hospital get reimbursed by Kansas, it gets also reimbursed by the state of Missouri. We're the only state that does that, and it costs us $200 million unnecessary dollars a year. So, Wait a second. Well, that that is how is that possible? Two hundred million. Well, no, I'm saying so. That's that's legal. These hospitals can double double bill both it, states. It is authorized within our state code that we will, in addition to the out of state reimbursement they get from the whichever state the the patient came from, they also get a reimbursement from the state of Missouri. It's right there in our state code. I offered an amendment on the Senate floor to eliminate that particular procedure. But unfortunately, we always talk about special interests. You know what the most powerful special interest is in the state of Missouri right now? What's that? It's the Missouri Hospital Association. Mm. And they have a tremendous amount of influence. They're trying to get Medicaid expansion passed right now. And right from, from their perspective, it has nothing to do with the quality of health care they're trying to provide to their patients. It has to do with the fact that expanding Medicaid could potentially mean several hundred, uh, actually a couple billion dollars in annual windfalls for Missouri hospitals. And they have been leaning very hard to keep not only the good deals they have in place, like the double reimbursements that they have for out-of-state uh, out of state individuals, but also they want to pass bad policy like Medicaid expansion so that the, the system will actually get worse, but to their short-term fiscal benefit. Wow. So any discussion about the, the Missouri state budget starts with the idea that the state of Missouri has plenty of revenue. They have plenty of revenue. Even in the face of the COVID crisis, there are innumerable ways that we could be able to bring that government number down uh, and have plenty left over to spare. Let me ask you this, Senator. Let's, the first time you, you got into the hallowed halls of, of the Senate there, was it like like a kid going to Disneyland for his first time? or What, what was the emotion in there, Senator? Uh, I remember my initial weeks four years ago, yeah. and my initial weeks, I was, I, I had a, a very significant sense of humility that I was actually in the capital of the state representing 170,000 people from yeah. St. Charles. Yeah. I quickly came to find out that in that building, though, there are dozens upon dozens of special interests that are being paid to be in that building mm -hmm. to promote their particular agenda. Right. And their agenda may or may not align with the good wishes and intentions and well-being of your constituents. So Medicaid expansion is a classic example of something that will benefit a very few number of individuals, but could put the state of Missouri on a fiscal trajectory that leads to disaster within the next 10 years. Mm. Wow. 
fascinating stuff. Yep. Well, Senator Bill Eigel from Weldon Springs, St. Charles County, uh, U.S. Air Force veteran, small businessman. We really appreciate your insight. We, uh, I personally am rooting for you in terms of the personal property tax repeal. As the, I'm in. As, as Smash is on board. I'm, unless I'm moving to Illinois, but I'm otherwise I'm in. We might have to get some, uh, what do they call those public uh, PSAs sponsored yeah, by Smash to reveal, to reveal the personal property tax. <laughs> we really appreciate you being with us. Uh, we wish you the best, and uh, you're welcome back anytime. Thanks, awesome, Senator. guys. Thanks for having me this morning. You guys have a great afternoon. You too. All right, yeah. you're listening to the Mark Milton Show with the smash broadcasting from the Miller furniture studios here in Kirkwood, Missouri. We'll be right back.